previously on My Best Friend's Journal. Mama Wes, Mama Rose, renamed your dogs. I have a deceased great aunt who was a little off her rocker. So my mom called Fergus Tiacon. There was a neighborhood boy. We used to hook up. I would say experiment, but you don't really experiment for six years. <laughs> well, folks, you heard it here first. Mike will save a dog in traffic, but not a human child. 19 years old, all of a sudden my parents went from paying for everything, paying tuition, all that kind of stuff, for them paying nothing. Ugh. My dad hasn't lived here for 15 years. He got fired from that job. And my mom was like, you know what? It's a sign. It's a sign. Come back home. Speaking of lusty month of March, went home with the otter. Um, we not even bar mitzvahed. You are not allowed to go on birthright. I think that that No, you don't be have a- to be bar mitzvahed. My newfound obsession with Fran Lebowitz. And she was like, I hated these jobs. They were hard. And I'd go from one job to another until I realized I don't hate these jobs. I just hate working. And I was like, yes, me too. Um, (laughs) Five years ago, he got a book to hold my private thoughts. And now we're gonna take a peek, grab a drink or smoke some pot. Your private thoughts read aloud. How does that make you feel? I don't remember what I wrote. This shit might get too real. Nothing here is sacred. I'm haunted by my past. It's called my best friend's journal. Let's start this damn podcast. Let's sing this name a little longer first. It's someone's favorite podcast. Yes, and the world's greatest podcast. Hello. Hi, is that, um, I always have a hard time figuring out whether it's Lilo or Stitch. The girl is... <laughs> Lilo. Lilo. Okay, so that was Stitch you just gave me? Um, I guess. I've never seen the movie, but my dog mm. looks like Stitch. Neither have I, but yes, he looks just like Stitch. I should probably figure that out, because I feel like I might offend someone at some point by confusing <laughs> that sweet little girl with the alien monster. Is that more or less offensive than you referring to my dog as your, um aunt <laughs> hey that was my mom not me that said fergus looked a bit like my great aunt <laughs> maybe i should watch lilo and stitch that's one of those disney movies that passed me by and by all accounts it's very cute um i do believe that stitch was like drawn based on a french bulldog and just made blue and called an alien because that's they're pretty much aliens probably a safe bet before we get further welcome to my best friend's journal i'm cam and i'm mike hi Hi, how are you, my friend? What's been going on? I'm good. I have had a lovely week. It's been freaking beautiful outside, so I've gotten to see some friends outside, all of whom have gotten some sort of vaccination, which is another beautiful thing. And it's just, it's putting me on cloud nine. How are you? Oh, good. Um, You know what? We had some of that beautiful weather here in Colorado as well. We had one day that was like 65 and sunny, and I sat on my deck and just wanted to weep. I was so happy. It just, I, I mean... I've said it before. I love winter, but uh, it is really nice to get a little taste of spring. There's just nothing like spring. There really isn't. I saw a post that was like, uh, people think seasonal depression isn't a thing until it's 50 degrees outside and it feels like you popped a molly. (laughs) (laughs) It's absolutely true. I was just sitting on the porch. I called the whole family outside. Peter was like, what are you doing? I was like, come sit with me. Feel the sun on your skin. (laughs) Feel the sun on your skin. Oh, that's the rain. (laughs) 
<laughs> anyway, it's already over. We're back to like freezing winter again, but soon, spring soon. Um, did you do anything fun this week? Um, I went backcountry skiing for the first time this week, uh, which is pretty much a combination of hiking and skiing. Um, you put skins on your skis and go up the mountain, and then you take the skins off and ski down. And oh. I've never done it before, but a ton of my friends are very into backcountry skiing. Um, you just need to have a lot of knowledge of the area and like avalanche danger and all that kind of stuff before you go. So I went with some friends that are all avalanche trained and um, have, are all really into backcountry skiing and I borrowed some gear and and hiked up a mountain and skied down and it was so glorious. God, I fucking love the mountains. It was so so fun. Really worked hard. Sounds like a um, lot of uh, play for a guy who's got a house to renovate. Did you get any actual work done? Bitch, that was one morning. <laughs> I'm allowed to leave the house. <laughs> no, sir. Not until you get your homework done. Um, <laughs> but I do believe you've uh, been making some progress. How's it going? I have been making some progress. Um, good. Actually, this is my gayest moment of the week, which is only barely gay. So go ahead and roll that. Gay, 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 gay. Um, so my gayest moment this week is um, coming out of the closet, but in a different way. Did you finally tell your husband you're gay? I, fi- I finally told my husband I'm gay. I feel you've, so free. You finished experimenting with butt-chugging loads, and now you for sure know. <laughs> <laughs> Just experimenting, similar to my neighbor growing up. I I just am taking dick, you know, every week or so for six years as an experimental phase. Yikes. Um, No, I finished our master closet. I, I let that project languish for so long. I prioritized other things over it and just worked on it when I could. And man, it went on for fucking ever. But um, I am officially out of the closet. We have a functional closet. Our bedroom no longer feels like a construction zone and it feels so good. And it's only gay because I can make out of the closet jokes. But I mean, that's where my life is right now. Also like, interior design doesn't scream hetero i'm not saying that you can't be a hetero interior designer but like that's comes with a a sprinkle of gay anyway so it's all it's all pretty gay (laughs) my career does come with the sprinkle of gay yes that's absolutely true and the closet you designed for you and your husband to like enjoy together i don't know it's it's not um it's not straight by any means (laughs) yeah our big gay dream closet um do you have a gayest moment and please let it be a little bit gayer than mine um i do have a gayest moment i don't I don't, I, it's really hard to rank gayness. Um, I said that once to someone when I, when I was much more ignorant. Um, when I was working at Vinyl, there was a bartender who was like a butch bear and he was just like really masked. And uh, there was a really cute guy that I was serving, but like he was also talking to at the bar and we were like kind of, you know, joke arguing over him. And I was like, you're not even that gay. And he was like, what the fuck does that mean? And he was like very offended by it. <laughs> yeah, no shit. That's that's quite offensive. Yeah, no, I, I realize that now. <laughs> like telling a lipstick lesbian that she's barely a dyke. I, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, no, these are things I wouldn't say today. But uh, just anyway, it reminds me as we're like, was this a very gay moment or like a slightly gay moment? I don't know. If it feels gay, it's gay. Fair so anyway, uh, my gayest moment is... I went with my friend Gabriella to get her first vaccine shot. Woot woot. Very exciting. Congratulations, um, Gabriella. Yes, it's a wonderful thing. And she had her baby with her. So I came to watch the baby while she was inside getting her shot. But they kept just kind of like um, waving me along with her. So I pretty much was with her the whole time, but I was just pushing the stroller. Eventually, when she goes to get her actual shot, I was, you know, watching the baby maybe 10 feet away. So 
I was the only adult around this baby. And one of the nurses comes up and he was like, oh my God, I've got some, some young kids myself. Um, and he was just kind of like trying to make conversation very much thinking I was the father. He was like, how old is she? And I was like taken aback because you know we're assuming he's a boy, but I didn't know how to respond. I was like, I don't uh, And then I, he was like, I'm oh, sorry, how, how old are they? And I was like, hey, good for you. Gender is a construct. <laughs> like, exactly. Um, and anyway, the point is he asked me how old my baby was and I was like, uh, a few months, I think. <laughs> <laughs> Worst dad ever. <laughs> it was a it was a snippet of what life would look like if I was a father, and it wasn't a good snippet. Let me tell you, uh, we at one point were walking by another like a little toddler holding his dad's hand, and I whispered to Gabriella, I was like, "Is he good with other babies? Like, is this like dogs where you need to keep them on a tight leash just in case they get aggressive?" Or... <laughs> You want a well-socialized baby for sure. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, anyway, that nurse kept uh, asking me more questions about the baby, and I was like, I don't know, dude. I don't know how to answer any of these without telling you I'm not the father, and it feels too late for that now. Honestly, for someone who's so good at improv and does, like, improv voiceover jobs on the regular, you would think you would have just, like, jumped in with both feet and, like, made up elaborate stories. Haven't you and I done that in the back of Ubers before? <laughs> <laughs> it's fun. I like to play games uh. and try and get the driver to say something without speaking to them like for instance uh, one time we oh. tried to get them to say bill clinton and we were like <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it worked too yeah because we were just you just gotta act really stupid we were like who was that who was the president before <laughs> the hillary clinton's husband what was that guy um <laughs> and just like uh, avoid the answer for long enough that the uber drivers finally like how are these idiots not it's bill clinton <laughs> It's like screaming at a podcast. Even if the people aren't in the room, you like want to, you know, need them to know that you know the answer. Um, Yeah, that's actually a pretty fun game. You and I have played a few times. We should we should do that again someday. Anyway. Um, Yeah. So that was my guest (sighs) moment. Pretending to be a very, very bad father. Pretending to be a Zani. I know. I I, I like like to believe that that doctor went home and like told his wife or partner like, man, I met this couple today. First of all, this woman is married to a gay man. I hope she knows it. And second of all, he is an awful father. (laughs) Not invested in that baby at all. Maybe he thought it was one of those like sitcom situations where two best friends adopted a kid together after a lifelong promise. Do you think anyone actually does that i think that's kind of a 90s slash early 2000s mm, very like, trope will and grace similar to that whole like if we're not both married and we're 40 we'll just get married you know like that that kind of um two best friends raising a baby doesn't seem terribly practical um i know people who have as single people decided to have children um but i've never i've never known anyone to be in a um I almost said polygamous. What is the word I'm looking at? Platonic relationship that uh, have chosen to rear a child. I mean, roommates don't even do well with pets because someone inevitably wants to move out or move across the country or something. And then they have to like decide who's really the owner of this dog. (laughs) So you never had any interest in in raising a kid with one of your best gal pals, like a a just in case adoption plan? No, not at all. I did have an interest in having children with my husband once upon a time. Uh, We have since decided that we don't want kids, but that was, uh, we may have talked about that on here before. We had a very, um, like a full 180 when we even, even when we got married, we thought that we wanted to have kids. Uh, and then we both decided right around the same time, like, nah, this is pretty cool without them. (laughs) So we did a full 180 and went from really wanting kids to really not wanting kids. And that's okay. But speaking of adoption, can I tell you something that I cannot believe we've never discussed on this podcast? At least I don't think we have. In college, I had a gay professor that was, I think, coming from a good place. I will explain this more. Um, But the the shocking punchline to the story is he tried to adopt me. 
and I was 19 years old. Mm, um, I don't think you, can, you can't was, do that. <laughs> yeah, no, you can. You absolutely can. You can adopt a 19-year-old? Yep. You can become someone's parent. You're no longer their guardian, but you can adopt them. Huh. Um, he had already adopted another kid whose parents were still alive, by the way. So this guy, he was a, a music professor. He was a mentor to a lot of his students. He was a very complicated man. Details not important. Um, but one of my peers, who was another gay kid who had had a hard time coming out with his family um, and had been kind of um, disowned, I think, or actually, I don't even think it was that dramatic. He just had a rough relationship with his, his mom after he came out. This professor offered to adopt him because his mother had cut him off financially so he would get free tuition as the oh. son of a professor um well that's huge. and so they went through the whole adoption process where i think this other guy my, my peer had to like renounce his relationship with his family in the court and to be adopted by a professor it was very messy and complicated everyone around us all of our classmates were like this feels so strange and then all of a sudden he was like this professor was calling him his son and they were having like family holidays and all this kind of stuff uh this like you know older gay lonely professor and his like new like kept boy is what it looked like uh the optics were not great anyway so this guy was uh he was he was my director and professor and um he was someone that i went to to to, like talk through things when everything went down with my family when i was a freshman in college and we had one of these conversations where he was actually very kind and helped me like find a gay counselor on campus through the counseling center and all that kind of stuff that is necessary and he put me in touch with people that he knew in the financial aid office to try to see what my options were um and in one of these conversations, he was like, um, now I, we don't have to get too far into it right now, but I want you to know that, um, you know, I'm, I'm here to help you. And, um, we'll we'll call his adopted son, Robert. He said, um, I want you to know that I would, I would go so far as to, um, you know, get Robert a little brother and (gasps) gave me a wink. (laughs) Oh my God. I was like, oh, I am sweating right now. This has gone from zero to 60. He very clearly insinuating adopting me so I would get free tuition and be part of their family, I guess. It was so bizarre and so outside of the realm of what was appropriate, seeing as how, I mean, I was in a very bad place with my family, but I still had two parents that I was like trying to navigate a relationship with. And yeah, it was was like a tough moment that you wanted to figure out. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, it, it he mentioned it one other time and I didn't bite. And so he luckily never brought it up again. Um, but man, it just always really freaked me out. The fact that he would have gone to court to adopt my 19 year old ass. And then I'd be tied to him for the rest of my life. And we've never talked since I left college. Like never. That is a little bonkers. Like kind it's it seems like he's coming from a good place at some point but also it feels like you didn't make any comments about this but i can't help but feel like there's some kind of sexual undertones um there definitely was he was the kind of guy who would have like those like creepy uh like coffee table books of like nude male art and you'd have students over and like not put any of that away he was like happy to be kind of like a lecherous gay man when he wasn't on campus you know it's actually really easy for professors especially in more liberal programs and theater and music and whatever and creative uh, majors to get away with a lot of like really shady behavior with their students. Uh-huh. Um, especially if they're professors who like them a little younger. Like there was a lot of that kind of gross behavior at my college. There was a couple pretty lecherous gay acting professors who would give 
the cute Twinkie boys, um, very, very erotic scenes um, that it seemed oh, like sure, yeah. they just kind of wanted to coach them through and like feel like they're directing a porn almost. It's shady. That's why it's like it's a tough thing to navigate because you want to take your training seriously. And there are there's artistic merit to some of these things. But like it can be hard right. to see as a 19 year old the line when it passes artistic into just lecherous. Well, and there's that whole thing, too, in college, which is so different from high school, where everyone is an adult, technically. And so, like, there's it's very easy to abuse your power because you have young adults under your care. These are not minors. These are people, you know, who are mm-hmm. acting as adults in the world. But that's why universities have strict rules. And I'm sure it's gotten stricter in the decade plus since I've been in college about, you know, what how professors are allowed to be with their students. Um, but this this same guy, the one that tried to, you know, make me his son's little brother, um, he was uh there was a whole drama one of the years that i was there i remember because one of his former students um had done a porn and he was the one that saw it a gay porn and joked about it with all of his other students he was like hey this guy that we all know i saw him in a porn yesterday so there's oh my god so much that's wrong with that like he was one of your students in your program, you're talking about watching pornography with your students like very openly and mm-hmm. making like jokes about it. Like these are things that should be kept very separate. And it was just so very, very inappropriate. Also, like, anyway, I mean, there's a whole different discussion to be had about watching your student in porn. But to bring it up and like tell people is so contrary to the mentorship position he's trying to like present himself as, you know, 100 percent. Yeah. That professor is now the head of a music program at a um, pretty prestigious music conservatory. So congratulations. Yikes. Um, hopefully he's <laughs> cleaned up his act a bit. Before we get into the journal, did you ever hook up with a professor or a TA in college? No, absolutely not. Did I? You never hooked up with a TA? I didn't really have any TAs. <laughs> I don't know why I said it like that. Not everyone does. <laughs> <laughs> but based on that response, I would assume you did. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Well, yeah, you, Now you got to um, tell me about it. I mean, he was a student at the university. Like, we're allowed to do that. Although he was the TA for one of the ensembles I was in. But um, yeah, we uh, we had a, a bit of a a bit of a fling, and it was <laughs> hot. It was kind of like there was a kind of a hotness to it, you know, it being a kind of an authority figure and all that. Hot for teacher, it's a thing. It's a whole trope. Mm-hmm. As long as he wasn't fucking with your grades, then uh, I see no ethical problem with that. No, I don't think that he did fuck with my grades. He just fucked with my butt. Bye. It's been- <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Speaking of inappropriate student-teacher relationships, I have a recommendation for you. Is it pornography? It's not porn. Um, I said that so weird. Is it pornography? (laughs) No, it is not pornography. I like to send you those links in a separate chat. Um, It is... That's fair. uh, A new show that I've been looking forward to, and it just came out on HBO Max. It is Generation, um, stylized with like a plus sign for the T. It is just about a bunch of queer kids in high school. Um, I've only seen one episode so far, but I think they're all queer because it's the only focus we've gotten. It is uh, filmed in kind of a cool way where you overlap um, perspectives. You know, you'll see a scene play out and then later on see recognize part of that dialogue in the background in a new scene with different characters, that kind of style of like, Oh, okay. You know, it's got a euphoria vibe, but much lighter, like not, not such heavy topics. Yeah. And I don't know. It just, it, HBO does these shows so well. These characters all feel like real people, like real teenagers. Now I feel like teenagers are so often, um, 
they're either way too awkward for a teenager or way too confident, and these kids kind of uh, straddle that line well, and I'm just very excited to continue watching it. Oh, fascinating. I will take that wreck and run with it. Um, been looking for some queer content. Well, this is definitely that. Um, I have a quick content wreck to give as well. Um, this goes back to a few weeks ago when I was getting book recommendations from our listeners. Um, we are two for two with books that I really loved. Um, so I went from the frivolous beach rom-com that I read a couple weeks ago, Red, White, and Royal Blue. Listen to. Oh, listen to yes sorry um (laughs) yeah no that that's a that's a very fair correction i did not read it and i didn't read this book either i this one i'm about to recommend i listened to it um the book is circe c-i-r-c-e um and it is a book that i have seen on a lot of like fiction bestseller lists and and bookshelves for months now um and i just had never thought of even picking it up but a few readers recommended it when i asked for book recommendations and so um, i looked into it and it is based on greek mythology and i'm a huge nerd for uh, greek and roman mythology hmm. took latin in high school i'm just you know very very into that. that's the reason i took latin in high school i also love greek um, and roman mythology it is it's just it's fascinating it's fun it is it, it is both of those things and so this is a book that was uh, written from the perspective of Circe, who's a daughter of one of the Titans in Greek mythology. And it's a beautiful perspective. It is beautifully written. It felt artistic. It is, um, it is, you know, I guess you would call it fantasy because it's based in this world of Greek gods, but it's not like world building fantasy. It's kind of like a, a world that we already know something about because it's, you know, these mythological creatures and, and beings. Um, and it just really takes you through so much of Greek mythology from the perspective of this one, like this one goddess. Um, and it is just gorgeously, beautifully written. It was so fun to listen to. The narrator is this woman with the most beautiful, posh British accent ever. It is just this gorgeous elocution that makes you want to, it's like honey on your ears. It just makes you want to listen. What's it called again? It's called Circe, C-I-R-C-E, and it's by Madeline Miller. I have a Audible credit available to me, so maybe I'll get it. Also, I just want to point out that whenever I recommend something, it's like, I just watched the first episode, I just listened to the first chapter, I just, what I like, I recommend at the start things that I know I'm going to love, and you uh, do your due diligence and finish things before you recommend them. And then sometimes I end up with things like Tiny Pretty Things or whatever that fucking show was called, where I recommended it and took it back <laughs> right quick. Um, <laughs> Uh, it's just because I get through, I mean, in almost 100% of my work, I can be listening to something. And so I get through a ton of content. I just really love to be entertained while I work. And, um, I get, I get to do a lot of that. You spend a lot of your time editing audio and stuff. And so you don't get to just like blow through audio content constantly. Like I do. Speaking of audio to edit, um, want to make some, (laughs) (laughs) should we get into the journal? (laughs) Yep. And I'm going to make it a mess for you. Oh, fantastic. May 1st, 2016. Already in May. We're in the lusty month of May. Uh, tell me where we were. What were we doing? What were we seeing? What were we smelling? Who are we doing? <laughs> oh, you're a mess. Um, I don't really remember, and it doesn't really matter, because what's more important <laughs> is that May 1st is an important date now, because Biden just said that's when everyone will be eligible to get vaccines, and I'm very excited about that. So I'm just throwing that out there. Absolutely. Um, may the first be with you. Yeah, may the first be with us all. Um <laughs> But in the journal, I was just working at that restaurant and auditioning for stuff. I think it's a pretty, like, uh, kind of boring in-between time where I'm in New York doing my gig and tell kind of thing. Gig and tell? Gig and tell was a, a website that used to, you could, like, talk shit about theaters you worked for. Um, oh. But 
Ah, <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, so it just kind of it felt pretty appropriate based on what we do here. So May 1st, 2016. You got cut early from work because it's gross out. Julie came over. Who's Julie? Do I know that name? Yeah, Julie's my friend from college. From college. Okay. Hey, college Julie. Um, Julie came over, watched some old cruise clips. How fun for her. I know. Yikes. Why the fuck? Oh, <laughs> oh, oh. She was going to do a contract, so I was showing her stuff. For- oh, gotcha. Yeah. <laughs> You want to come over and watch some YouTube clips of me performing? Um, uh, no, I have to teach my parakeet to bowl. <laughs> <laughs> that parakeet's going to be damn good at bowling. Um, that reminds me, I dated a guy who, he used to make me watch videos of him like dancing, and he's impressive, and it was fun for like a video, but on video five, it's a real boner killer, and I'm like, okay, Ooh, like yeah. we need maybe just to be aware of what we are doing it's a so i'm very immature like attention grab like oh do you want to be a rapt audience for it'd be like me asking you to watch videos of me in show choir in high school like i mean that sounds like personal hell but yes i guess <laughs> i get where you're going <laughs> would, would never ever ever ask you to do that like that would be the, that's something you do with a glass of wine uh when you're by yourself in a dark moment if you really need to <laughs> i mean this is rich coming from me because anytime i produce anything i make all of my friends watch it 12 times and and give me every criticism possible. I love the term rich. Isn't that rich? <laughs> it, it is reminiscent of a, someone who was a great football player in high school that like makes his girlfriend watch like old games where he did really well. Is it also reminiscent of, I don't know, like maybe a high school homecoming king begging his former classmates to send him pictures? <laughs> no, no, that's a different thing. A different sad thing altogether. <laughs> Oh, okay. Finishing May 1st. Truly don't miss ship life. Love my home. Oh, that's sweet. That is great. Oh my God. Look at me. Look at me liking where I am and enjoying the life I have in that moment. That is a rare and excellent thing. What the fuck does this mean? May 2nd. Couchmageddon. <laughs> um, so Couchmageddon, um, we are still kind of our apartment's mostly furnished, but we're still looking for pieces here and there. And I, we only have a love seat that we've been using. And so there was a couch in my building that, you know, I saw a sign for. It was like, just come get it. It was two floors up. So I was like, great, we'll just, I'll go look at that. Michaela and Kick are in California. So I have to make this decision alone. And God help me if I make the wrong aesthetic decision for this apartment. You know what I mean? Uh So I'm worried about that. I'm texting them back and forth and also texting the guy who owns this couch. And uh, I finally was like, you know what? I'll just take it. It'll be fine. We can always get rid of it. So the guy helps me. We bring it down. It's this old couch. I bought a cover for it. Like, you know, just some somewhere to sit. Not very pretty. I finally text Michaela and Kick, and I was like, listen, I put this couch in. It's a little shitty. It honestly looks like the couch of someone's, like, grandma who maybe died on it it's like a little gross but it's gonna i think we can fix it up and it'll be fine but because i was texting back and forth between michaela and kick and the guy who owned the couch i obviously sent that text to the guy who just gave me this couch for free oh no Um, no 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 he was excellent he was really sweet he was like ha 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 like he was like you're right it was my grandma's couch no worries at all like i get it that's why we're getting rid of it and i was like oh my god i'm so sorry he was like no don't be i get it oh that's that's nice i thought he was gonna like storm downstairs and demand it back yeah to storm downstairs <laughs> and lift the couch by himself up a couple flights <laughs> sounds like a real punishment for him um he the same oh, guy shit. did uh he he was really cool claire who had just moved in um to my apartment he did a similar thing with her he did claire he did claire no he they were they were friends because he was a stage combat guy and claire is a stage combat woman oh, and yeah, she okay. um they were chatting and she was in a show at the same time and she had to be on stage in her underwear for a good portion of it so she was texting back and forth with the costume designer um about what underwear was like going to be appropriate and uh 
again, somehow this guy gets mixed in and she texted him pictures of like the underwear that they were talking about. And she's like, I don't know. I think this one might work the best because it's going to allow me to move and like still feel covered and free on stage and whatever. And he was like, I mean, I don't know what my wife's going to think about this, but like, I'm happy for you that you found the right underwear. (laughs) But he was like just a really nice, classy guy. Like he made a joke and wasn't like a pervert about it. That is so fucking funny. Also, isn't she an intimacy coordinator now? Did I make that up? No, she is. She's like one of the creators of this program where they um, have started choreographing sex scenes and intimacy scenes um, like you would choreograph a fight scene because, you know, the industry has a really nasty habit of just putting actors in pretty precarious situations where they're going to feel, you know, it's really easy to cross lines. Um, So they finally like create an industry where they now orchestrate it so that they can make sure that it's all safe and full of consent, you know? There, yeah, there's someone that like on set now, it's like a very regular thing. You'll even see it in credits, like intimacy coordinator, where someone comes in to like coordinate the sex scenes and whether that's choreography. I think sometimes it's literally just going in and like having a dialogue about yeah. like what people are comfortable with and how we're going to move our bodies. And because people are wearing like the tiniest little cock socks and like pasties mm-hmm. to cover themselves up, I, you may as well be nude rubbing your body up against someone. It's very tough with an audience like that is so vulnerable. And of course, there should be someone there that helps navigate that instead of just a director who may be like a really terrible human just throwing people in bed together and be like pretend to have sex yeah pretend harder and of course that's awful she is one of the founders of this whole industry and it didn't start until right around this time maybe 2016 or so so Uh like yeah it's around me too right yeah exactly um so well overdue but also really cool that she was like okay we need this and it's now really widespread um she's a pioneer that's excellent she's a pioneer and i should say i know very little about the actual industry so please forgive me if you're an intimacy coordinator and the language i used wasn't um accurate but you get the gist i think we are not experts so we're still on may 2nd couch mageddon work canceled so got a haircut for too much money been trying to find pot harder than it should be (laughs) no i still haven't found what i'm looking for Uh, on may 3rd summer garden was canceled jesus christ everything gets canceled oh because it's all weather eh Mm -hmm. so summer garden was canceled so i worked staffing gotta hate catering hate needing money feeling real pressure from bills for the first real time it's not a great feeling. Can't pay my automobiles. Can't battle up. I don't actually have an automobile, so that's not um apl- applicable here. Uh, on May fourth, um, may say it. The, may the fourth be with you. Uh, oh man, it's uncanny. Um, <laughs> EPA for Liberty off Broadway. Two ushering uh, had lunch at Blockheads with Vanessa. It's always been like we've never been away. Oh. That's special. It's still true. She the one that's made up? Yes. Where have you been? <laughs> I couldn't remember if that was Vanessa or Amy for a second. <laughs> Amy's going to be offended and I'm thrilled about that. <laughs> I occasionally forget that she is made up because she's one of your few friends that I actually know and could pick out of a crowd. Uh, finishing that night, you had drinks with a friend uh, and two other friends that were very late. I will leave the names out here because it looks like they may have... Um, been the villains in the story. Do you remember what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> so we were all <laughs> supposed to meet and they like an hour later hadn't showed up and they're like, we'll be there. We'll, we'll be there soon. And we were like, don't even worry about it. Forget it. And then we, we left this restaurant, my friends and I, and we went down the street, maybe two restaurants over or two bars over, just grab a drink. And we see these two friends sitting there having a ball, 
laughing it up and we were like are you fucking kidding <laughs> what oh hey hey fuck you guys yeah and these are people i couldn't don't... leave your drink for like to walk two doors down two to doors meet down. us and we like <laughs> the people i don't see often um uh-huh. so it was even more i was like man you, you have a rare opportunity for all of us to get together right now and you have like blown us off in the worst way possible nothing worse than getting caught like that uh yeah there's also no easier way to feel like the the lowest priority to someone when you find out they're just like oh okay cool so you didn't want to see me that bad it would be no effort to have come two doors down so fuck off kind of reminds me it's a different situation but um in college all the vocalists have to you have a you're a personal accompanist you guys work together for years so i needed to rehearse with mine and i saw him in the dining hall and i had been trying to get a hold of him but it was like he was way across the dining hall and it was super crowded so i was like i'll just call him it'll be easier I see him pick up his phone, look at my name on the screen, roll his eyes in disgust, and put the phone back down. <laughs> and what a fucking dick. <laughs> I mean, I get it. If you're like, we're all stressed in music school, and the last thing you want to do is help the stupid fucking singer. But I mean, right. seeing it was offensive. I walked right up to him. I was like, hey, you might have missed my, I think you missed my call. Uh, wondering when you're available. To- <laughs> I was a real dick because, like, obviously I should have just let that go, but like, uh-huh. couldn't help myself. Yeah, no shit. I mean, I, I 100% get it. Like, obviously he knew I wanted to practice. Obviously he's in his very limited free time. So, like, yeah. sure, it makes a lot of sense, <laughs> but I still have the right to be offended. <laughs> uh huh. You definitely do. Um, all right, so May 5th, catering gives me knots in my stomach, even when it's easy. <laughs> um, yeah, catering blows. I don't know. I've, it's one of those jobs that I have to give myself a pep talk for. Like, I've been outside uh-huh. of the job. Just like, just do it. Just a few hours. You'll be fine. You can get through. Anytime you <laughs> Similar need Similar to your job in San Diego. <laughs> yep. Um, that one, the pep talks came later after I was doing it for a long time. Catering uh-huh. every single job, every single time. Yeah. It's also like your first day of work every time. Like you're always meeting new people. You're always doing a different job with different in a different environment. So it's always that first day stress, even years later. This is a weird thing, a weird parallel to draw. But I feel that um, every time I go to a new gym, because I feel like gyms, um, especially like CrossFit gyms, they everyone does things a little bit differently. And like they're very insular, like usually people know everyone there. So when you're dropping in, like people just assume, you know, like where equipment is or how they go about doing things. And I always just feel like a fucking noob. I'm like, hi, I'm the new guy. Could you please tell me where literally everything is and how we do things? And like some gyms you warm up on your own and some gyms you warm up together. And like, should I just stand around or should I actually be doing something before class time? Like it's all, it all just makes me kind of like first day anxious, even though I'm a 35 year old man that just came to work out, you know? Totally. I feel the same. And I don't don't go to nearly as many gyms as you, but like whenever I'm at a, a contract or whatever, and I'm using a gym just for a week or a month or whatever, it takes getting used to to feel like some ownership of the space so i don't feel yes awkward when people i don't want to be in anyone else's way <laughs> i don't want to be like uh-huh. the annoying new person yeah on may 6th chris is asking renee to get married and me to be the best man i knew this day would come oh well you knew it or oh. i wrote that no you you wrote that i knew it <laughs> i didn't know that i don't know your brother <laughs> spoiler alert i end up not being the best man because i officiated oh, in, i know but no i officiated instead and i was like i oh, don't right. want someone else's wedding to be the mic show and i and especially my brother and his wife are both like pretty 
modest people who like are not attention seekers and i'm like if i officiate your wedding and then i'm also your best man giving a speech and like doing the bachelor party and all this stuff i'm like it's too i don't want it to be my wedding um so we prioritized the officiating and then one of his best friends was a best man which i think worked better good <laughs> you know no it's very um, easy I, to like i don't yeah too many roles in someone else's wedding gives you too much focus that's true and i do think that a like a, someone that has like a big personality and like can make the officiating job like both meaningful and kind of fun is like the right choice for that as opposed to a best man where most of the stuff is kind of behind the scenes yeah um like you're a great choice for that um finishing may 6th um you had a another voiceover call you went to <laughs> you went to um the equity call for hello dolly which i assume was the amazing uh revival they recently did mm-hmm. um and with bet midler and you said in parentheses they did not care at all and then you ushered <laughs> <laughs> yeah no shit that's i couldn't i couldn't be worse for that show honestly <laughs> May 7th, um, SGO, Summer Garden, in the morning, and then Leah's Bat Mitzvah catering. Who's Leah? <laughs> it's, I'm catering a Bat Mitzvah, and I love that I put this random girl's name that uh-huh. I did. Uh- <laughs> um, Leah Rabinowitz, um, you said, bunch of cute guys, the 13-year-old's party was absurd, privilege, period. Yes. I can only imagine. I just remember thinking, like... I could pay off my loans and buy a house with the money it costs just to have this one party for a 13-year-old. <sighs> I have an old coworker who um, has a, a cousin by marriage. Um, so it's this this young woman who has two dads, and um, she has had this woman. I think she had two weddings because she married a foreign guy, and so they had one abroad and one at home for all these people like in Beverly Hills. And her bat mitzvah alone, I remember my old coworker was telling me um, – cost well over a hundred thousand dollars oh yeah um in california uh and i just remember thinking like most people do not spend that on a wedding that level of wealth i just can't wrap my head around um may 8th crazy crazy brunch at summer garden made jesus christ 380 dollars nice um that's awesome oh because of jeff's family needed it to pay off my credit card oh great that was too (laughs) close That is too close. If I need this, I need to make $380 in this single brunch shift or I'm not going to pay my credit card. It's a lot of pressure on brunch. Uh, I would like to be very clear that you are one of those people that pays it off completely. So you weren't be like going to miss a payment, but you were yeah. going to miss paying it off. I've never paid interest uh, and I was not interested in, uh, oh, in failing okay. at that. Uh-huh. Grandma told me my dad was in the hospital, was very scared. But it was just vertigo. Thought it was a heart attack. Well, he had reason to be stressed. Well, he this this goes on now for the next six months or so. He keeps like being very ill. Um, Do we think that it was a scam? No, I think he was so stressed. I mean, he's holding a lot. Um, mm-hmm. But he like of weed of in the weed. basement. <laughs> in the basement, no, he was like his skin was like gray, and he would like he just looked awful. Um, but we kept thinking, like, because this kind of stuff kept happening, we're like, do you have cancer? Do you, like, what is going on that you're not telling us? And so we were like, oh, no, no, yeah. you just have tremendous amount of stress from the lies you're trying to maintain. Mm-hmm. Okay. He's waiting for someone to knock down his door. Oh, he was, like, actually going to court and shit, probably, because you didn't even know until sentencing, right? Yeah. He was, like, well in it. Uh-huh. Um, all right. May the ninth be with you. Up at crack of dawn for 
um, bunch of audition shit that doesn't seem that important. And then Luke came over and we smoked, drank, and riffed as usual. Is this Luke from Soulmates? <laughs> yeah. He's the one that like... Your old fucking roommate? <laughs> yeah. The one that whenever the two of us were in a room together, it would, would send everyone else out. <laughs> I never want to be in that room. <laughs> no, it's terrible for everyone else. Um, I don't even know that I'd want to be in there nowadays. But man, back in the day, it was fun because he would just indulge with me. Um, on May 10th, you got back to your Jewish roots and auditioned for the Yiddish National theater yikes did you tell him that you were considering birthright <sighs> i'm sorry it's just so outrageous my <laughs> aunt did so a genealogy you... test and there's some <laughs> blood in there somewhere <laughs> so glad you didn't go on birthright sorry um so yiddish national theater the golden bride accompanist was not great didn't go well man you're having a lot of mediocre auditions in this week it's not great for the also, old ego i'm also blaming a lot of people that aren't myself huh <laughs> uh ushered Mick and Kickback, and they brought... Oh, they brought the otter. Remember that guy that you made out with? Maybe touched his pee-pee, I can't remember. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Delightful. Uh, and then you got super high. Man, you must have found that weed, huh? Yeah. Getting high two nights in a row. Oh, that's why the otter came over. He was our dealer. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> the otter is... My drug dealer. <laughs> <laughs> May 11th. Breakfast with Kick and Mick, and then Summer Garden only made $180. Bitch, that's a good amount of money for a shift. Not when I'm used to 380 It was one time, and it was 360 And it was a lot of pressure. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I'll take this 20-second table. It's fine. I can handle it. 20-second <laughs> party. Uh, we can autograph, so it doesn't really matter if they have a good time. Uh, you yeah. fought with a horrible tin top for a tip. Um, fought with them for a tip? Like, excuse me, you must tip me? Or was it like an autograph and they didn't want to pay it? Yeah, it was that. It was a, if a 10 top, the autographs are after eight at this place. Uh-huh. And that's the reason for the autograph is for the people who will fight the autograph. Otherwise, yeah. I would make no money. And it's, they take three of your tables. So it's not just that like it's a wash for that one table. It's you've lost money from other people who would have tipped. And you're not. Yeah, 100%. And I, I do mean lost. We've been over this before. You're paying out other people who are doing, who are busing, who are running your food, yeah. who are washing dishes. You. You don't keep this money and they don't get that. So I will go under for your table to have eaten, which is unacceptable. So if people – I've never actually – I've worked in a lot of restaurants. So I've never had someone try to get the autograph taken off it, that I can remember. So was it just people that didn't know understand that it was customary uh, to do that and they thought that you were ripping them off or they didn't think they got good enough service to tip? Do you remember? I don't remember, but it was – almost exclusively tourists in this place so i imagine it was just like a confusion of we don't do that in other countries why are we doing this here sure okay um dad got a gig reviewing bands exclamation point awesome exclamation point oh so excited for him you're so excited for your dad that's sweet may that feeling rest in peace (laughs) may it rest in terror um (laughs) so he like left you know corporate life left lol was chased out of um Uh and i was i remember like this whole narrative we were all trying to use of now you can do things you're more interested in kind of like you can take lesser paying Mm -hmm. stuff and retire into Mm -hmm. more stuff that just brings brings you some joy and he used to love to go see live music in the area and so now he had a gig writing like local reviews you know nothing great enough to bring you a little joy um but in hindsight it's joy he didn't deserve (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right we're almost through the second week of may i'm getting through this god damn it so you made $150 at Summer Garden. At this rate, it's definitely not worth the hassle. Don't really have a choice now since I need money before Souls at Sea starts. Hold on. Let's do some money. Or let's do some math. Seems crazy to think that's not worth the hassle, a.k.a. 
going to work. Um, yeah, be- I mean, $150 a shift is definitely worth getting out of bed for. Even if you do five of those shifts a week, which you're doing at least five shifts a week and making that, that's $40,000 a year, which is nothing to shake a stick at. I mean, you'll pay rent with that, no problem. For sure. Um, I guess I just feel entitled to <laughs> buckets of money if I'm forced to do any job that I don't <laughs> thoroughly enjoy. <laughs> If I must work, I must be wealthy. Yeah. All right, May 13th. Late shift at Something Rotten. Took all my strength to be there. So hard to force myself to do things I don't want to do because I need money. LOL. That's what everyone does all of their life. I know. I'm I'm just tickled by the, like, that. that's whinier than usual. Like, oh, my God, I had to watch a Broadway show and get paid for it. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty uh, intolerable. Um, friendly of a witch in the flesh. Uh. Uh-huh. This is what journals are for, though, to write down the shit that isn't always pretty. Um, you are annoyed at Bank of America for their broken ATMs. You're carrying all of your cash around. Well, that is annoying. On May 14th, no one came to Summer Garden because it's sprinkled. Drew short straw and had to stay there alone. And Oh, oh, no. Drew short straw and had to stay there alone until 11.45 p.m., $50 for eight hours of work. This job sucks. Okay, that is not worth it. <laughs> I average it all out to these days. Every day becomes that because that's the one that sure. like, that pain is more powerful in my memory than three hundred and sixty dollar day. You know? Um, yeah. And that wasn't oh, a yikey yikes. That wasn't just an expression. I literally drew the short straw. There was like twenty people, um, and people have to stay. Like somebody has to stay because if it stops raining, people will come. Um, sure didn't stop raining but someone had to be there and i was the person who drew the literal short straw mm-hmm. i remember just like sitting in the back room on my phone every now and then peeking out but also hiding my phone from fucking managers who wouldn't let me be on my phone when nothing else is happening i'm like every piece mm-hmm. of silverware in this complex is rolled i even went up to tina Fey's office and i rolled her silverware <laughs> uh time to lean time to clean type of people um okay that's enough journal for this week please tell me we heard from some listeners this week we did we got a bunch of listener mail i'll pick a couple here uh well first we have a review that i wanted to share um oh yes reviews yes uh (laughs) it is from a canadian listener and it is called better than iced coffee which i mean just leave, leave it there well that came from a gay and that's high praise indeed I haven't laughed this much in months. Cheaper than therapy. <laughs> Less effective, but sure. Um, <laughs> relatable uh, and sometimes educational. This podcast is what you need to put a smile on your face. The good stories will make your jaw drop. The really good ones will make you burst in laughter. This is not a give it a shot. It gets better in episode 10 kind of podcast. No, this podcast is great from the first minute. MNC, thank you so much for your much needed entertainment and joy during this winter lockdown in Canada too. Um, oh. And much love to Dunzare. <laughs> <laughs> Denzari. Yeah, wow, real throwback. That's so sweet. Uh, yeah. Thank you so much. He must be at the beginning still. Yeah. Oh, that is so sweet. Love, love, love our Commonwealth listeners. They're some of our best. I do recommend you go to actual therapy um, because, <laughs> you know, it just seems healthier than, than whatever garbage we're spewing. And then a listener on Instagram reached out and said, hey, Team MBFJ, LOL, us in the tech savvy at-risk youth, just finished this week's episode, and as always, it's perfection. Oh, my God. You guys are an absolute tonic. Oh, I've never heard that. I love that. Or an absolute tonic. Um, You're gin. I'm tonic. And in some... That's fine. I don't like quinine. I actually despise tonic, but I hate gin, too. It's not my drink. 
You guys are an absolute <laughs> tonic and in some way make me feel connected to my gay self in a crazy world. Cam, I came across this list of alternative swear words with no misogyny in sight, and he includes a long list below that I can skim in a second. Mike. Oh, great. Send those to me, please. <laughs> don't listen to Cam and keep the young adult Rex coming. <laughs> We've got some good family TV from them. Oh, my God. Wait, what did I recommend that you watched with the family? I must know. I can't. Didn't, didn't that, like, young dancer show? Wasn't that YA? No. I mean, maybe, but it was like. It was like buttfucking.com, right? Aggressive anal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> buttfucking.com i would like to know oh i have said like to all the boys i love before and love victor and like dash and lily yeah yeah yeah, um, yeah 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 mbfj brings the whole family together who'd have thought certainly not these two homos listening is a highlight of my week and you just don't know how much joy your podcast brings thank you so much that is so love sweet. to hear it thank you very much for reaching out makes it worth doing it um oh. on the downside of this beautiful message um these suggestions suck <laughs> for swear words <laughs> oh no I, i'm sorry i don't mean to be offensive um but these are not offensive enough is my point one of these is oh yeah because i do like strong language yeah good gravy gadzooks bull snot fiddle faddle mm. fiddlesticks crud muffin it's uh, not gonna uh, uh, do um this person probably does have kids if they like ya and they're uh suggesting that i stop saying things like come slut and start saying fiddle faddle so i, I challenge am, you to get fiddle faddle into our next episode uh, that's that suggestion is <laughs> fiddle faddle um i appreciate the effort um but but know your audience such falderall and fiddly d of course is impossible <laughs> All right, my little cum dumpsters. If you want more of my best friend's journal, you can find us online at mybestfriendsjournal.com. You can drop us a line at mybestfriendsjournal at gmail.com or follow us on Instagram at MBFJ Podcast, where you can also message us. That's a great way to get in touch. Yeah, oh, it's so succinct. Thanks, Cam. Also, please rate, review, subscribe, specifically on iTunes. Helps the show get out there. We'd love to see it and we appreciate it. Maybe we'll read it here. Absolutely. All right, well, that does it for this week, Mikey. Until next time, always remember we've just proven that it's possible to get through an entire episode without talking about poop. And you just ruined it. Goodbye. Hey, we are currently number 242, down 73 spots in Switzerland comedy podcast. (laughs) That is truly funny to me.